Hello, my name is Ho Jun Yoon. You're listening to Medicine on the Way. It is August 2013. This is episode number 14, and today's topic is hyperprolactinemia. Hyperprolactinemia is an increase of prolactin. Before we talk about hyperprolactinemia, let us start with physiology of prolactin. Prolactin is synthesized by lactotropes in the anterior pituitary gland. Lactotropes and somatotropes, which secretes growth hormone, share the same common precursor. This characteristic explains increases of both prolactin and growth hormone with a development of a tumor. Estrogen triggers hyperplasia of lactotropes. As you can expect during pregnancy, especially the first few months of lactation. Lactotropes undergo functional changes because of estrogen level changes. Serum prolactin rises with any form of acute stress, such as surgery, chest wall injury, meals, exercise, or sexual intercourse. Prolactin increases about ten times during pregnancy and decreases within two weeks of delivery. Breastfeeding keeps prolactin levels elevated. Suckling stimulates reflex increases in prolactin levels, which last for 30 to 45 minutes. After a while, this reflex diminishes and prolactin levels return to normal. A healthy adult's serum prolactin level is about 10 to 25 microgram per liter in women, and 10 to 20 in men. Prolactin secretion is at its highest secretory peak during rapid eye movement sleep, usually between 4 and 6 a.m. Prolactin is regulated primarily by dopamine-mediated inhibition. Pituitary dopamine type 2 or D2 receptors regulate the inhibition of prolactin synthesis and secretion. This concept is important to understand how hyperprolactinemia occurs and how to treat it. Actions of prolactin include proliferation of lobuloalveolar epithelium in the breast and inhibiting reproductive function by suppressing hypothalamic gonadotropic releasing hormone and pituitary gonadotropin secretion. And in impairing gonadal steroidogenesis in both women and men, folliculogenesis and granulosa cell aromatase activity in the ovary are inhibited by prolactin, resulting in anovulation and hypoestrogenism. Prolactin shortens luteal phase of the menstrual cycle. In men. This low luteinizing hormone secretion results in low testosterone levels and decreased spermatogenesis. 
There are several etiologies of hyperprolactinemia, including physiologic hyperprolactinemia, lesions to the hypothalamic pituitary region, and drug-induced hyperprolactinemia. Prolactin secreting pituitary adenoma are the most common cause of prolactin levels greater than 200 microgram per liter. Prolactin secreting pituitary tumors are more common in women than in men. Most are microadenoma, and that is less than one centimeter in diameter, and they do not grow even with pregnancy or oral contraceptives. However, some giant prolactinomas, that is over three centimeter in diameter, can spread into the cavernous sinuses and supracellular areas. A lesion in the hypothalamic pituitary region disrupts hypothalamic dopamine synthesis, portal vessel delivery, or lactotrope responses. Plurihormonal adenoma that include growth hormone and adrenocorticotropic hormone tumors hypersecrete prolactin directly. A pituitary mass, whether functioning or non-functioning. Compresses the pituitary stalk and causes hyperprolactinemia. Pregnancy and lactations are the physiologic causes of hyperprolactinemia, as explained with the prolactin physiology above. Other forms of stress stimulate the prolactin secretion. Some systemic diseases that increase serum prolactin include chronic renal failure and primary hypothyroidism. Drugs that cause hyperprolactinemia include antipsychotics such as risperidone and antidepressants. Methyldopa inhibits dopamine synthesis, and verapamil blocks dopamine secretion. The signs and symptoms of hyperprolactinemia include, in men, diminished libido, erectile dysfunction. Hypogonadotropic hypogonadism and infertility, and in women, amenorrhea, galactorrhea, and infertility. When hyperprolactinemia occurs before the menarche, a primary amenorrhea occurs. If hyperprolactinemia occurs later in life, it tends to show with oligomenorrhea. Which eventually becomes amenorrhea. Hypoestrogenism is associated with hyperprolactinemia, which decreases the bone density, especially vertebra. Visual loss can occur due to optic nerve compression from the tumor. In men, suppressed gonadotropin results in reduced testosterone, oligospermia, and impotence. Galactoria is defined as lactation in the absence of nursing. In men, galactoria is not commonly seen. In women, it is abnormal if it persists six months after childbirth or discontinuation of breastfeeding. Fasting prolactin levels are to be measured, and it is normally less than twenty microgram per liter. Conditions that may increase prolactin levels have to be evaluated. They are hypothyroidism, which can be evaluated with a serum FT4 and TSH, 
pregnancy with serum HCG, kidney disease with BUN and serum creatinine, cirrhosis with liver function test, and hyperparathyroidism with serum calcium level. In men, hypogonadism is assessed with serum testosterone, luteinizing hormone, and follicle-stimulating hormone, or FSH. Women with amenorrhea have to be assessed with serum estradiol, luteinizing hormone, and FSH. Hyperprolactinemia that is not induced by hypothyroidism, pregnancy, and drugs has to be examined by pituitary MRI. An abnormal finding may not be detected every time, but small prolactinoma may be shown. For a patient with known macroprolactinoma who becomes pregnant and she decided not to take dopamine agonist during her pregnancy, MRI may be deferred. However, if there is any visual symptom or other neurological symptoms during her pregnancy, MRI study without gadolinium contrast should be performed. As a general measure, medications known to increase prolactin level should be stopped if possible. Hypothyroidism should be treated with thyroxine. Dopamine agonists are the initial treatment for those with giant prolactinoma and desiring normal sexual function and fertility. Cabergolin is usually the best tolerated argot-derived dopamine agonist. Bromocryptin is an alternative. Quinagolide is a non-argot-derived dopamine agonist for those resistant to argot-derived medication. If a tumor is resistant to one dopamine agonist, a different dopamine agonist can be tried to induce a remission. Side effects of dopamine agonists include fatigue, nausea, dizziness, and orthostatic hypotension. Dosage reduction and continued use tend to improve these symptoms, and dopamine agonists are usually given at bedtime to minimize the side effects. Some psychiatric side effects may occur, and this may not disappear until several weeks after discontinuation. On the other hand, with dopamine agonist, 90% of patients experience a fall in serum prolactin, and about 80% achieve a normal serum prolactin. Although the maximum effect may take a year, nearly half of prolactinoma shrinks more than 50%. Discontinuing the therapy usually results in the reappearance of hyperprolactinemia, and about 32% of idiopathic hyperprolactinemia, 21% of microprolactinomas, and 16% of macroprolactinomas maintain a normal prolactin level after discontinuing the therapy. Dopamine agonists restore fertility promptly. Women with microadenoma may stop the treatment during pregnancy. Macroadenoma, however, may become bigger during pregnancy, so dopamine agonists are continued to prevent the growth of the tumor. 
if a woman desires to discontinue the treatment during her pregnancy, serum prolactin determinations and a computer-assisted visual field have to be performed. For women with microprolactinoma who want to be on oral contraceptives or estrogen replacement therapy, there is a risk of enlarging the microadenoma, but the risk is small. However, pituitary macroprolactinoma have a higher risk of enlargement, so estrogen or testosterone replacement therapy has to be discouraged. Unless patients are in remission with dopamine agonist or surgery, transphenoidal pituitary surgery is considered when there is a severe visual field loss or resistance to dopamine agonist. For microprolactinomas, normalizing prolactin with the surgery is eighty-seven percent. The ten-year recurrence rate is thirteen percent. And more than ninety-five percent of cases preserve the pituitary function. For macroprolactinoma, the success rate is lower, and the complications rates are higher. About three percent of cases experience complications, including visual loss, meningitis, CSF leakage. Other surgical complications include sinusitis. Nasal septal, nasal septal perforation, diabetes insipidus, and hyponatremia. Radiation therapy is considered for macroadenoma that is growing even with dopamine agonist. Conventional radiation therapy is given over five weeks, but it carries a risk of hypopituitarism. A single gamma knife or cyber knife treatment is preferred. When the optic chiasm is clear of tumor, for those who are not surgical candidates and do not respond to dopamine agonists and radiation therapy, chemotherapy is suggested. Timozolomide is given, and its efficacy is determined by measuring prolactin levels after three cycles and MRI scanning. Okay, this is it for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe. My name is Ho Jun Yoon, and this is Medicine on the Way.